Super Bowl 57. We're a little bit late in the game, talking about a lot of things that everyone's already been talking about for about 10 days now. I thought we'd share our thoughts, share some bets that we plan on making, some game plans for live betting. Did want to just touch base with everyone at least one more time before we go in to that offseason. All right, let's get into how does the line gotten to where we are? Where do these teams start off from? At the beginning of the season, the Chiefs, of course, go into every single year as one of the top favorites. We're at the plus 600 mark right after the Super Bowl, even last year. Eagles were much deeper underdogs around the plus 4,000 range. And of course, this was before the signing of AJ Brown and a bunch of other offseason moves that they made. And over the course of the free agency and into the summer and into training camp, and certainly as you got into week two, week three, week four, and we could see how the odds just wavered there over the course of the season, staying pretty much in line with one another, somewhere between that plus 600 and plus 800 range. And then as we've gone through the playoffs and now into the Super Bowl, you start to see that flipping really in there in mid-January. Saw this cool graphic. This is from DraftKings, basically just demonstrating where they have the legalized sports betting all across the US, where are they getting most bets? And we can see it's clearly Eagles. And this really just lines up. There's a lot of suspicion and skepticism around betting splits and betting percentages and other data that the sports books publish. But you look pretty much across the board, even anecdotal tweets and other types of evidence, it seems to suggest there is an imbalance between the broader public betting market, potentially even sharps or pro bettors, smarter money bettors are all leaning towards the Eagles. In fact, there was an interesting tweet from Jeff Benson, of course, at Circa, one of the most influential sports books, talking about when they opened up the line, they opened the Chiefs as favorites. And he said that all the money that was coming in, we literally only had sharps betting into the opener. And that opener, they had $20,000 limits. And it was basically just all Eagles money to the point where they had to go from Chiefs minus two and a half all the way to Eagles minus two and a half. So that's a pretty big move, especially for the Super Bowl. And now the line settled around that one and a half line. I know, Judah, you don't necessarily take that too much into consideration when you're framing your bets. I know that you do take that more so into consideration. So any feedback from you guys on what I just ran through? Yes. As soon as the games finished two weekends ago, I was on my accounts trying to bet the Eagles <laughs> immediately and it was plus two and i'm like what that makes no sense so i think not that i'm at the level of sharps who are in this game every day but to me it, it was just a mispricing now as things have cooled down if the chiefs are a little bit more healthier it's probably a pretty even matchup that turnovers could determine the game in all honesty yeah i guess i'll go against conventional wisdom in, in two ways here number one i would just do not care what the sharps are betting and the signal behind that i'll take to my usual oh, process and the, uh, the second thing is i don't understand how you could possibly bet this game like the information we're going to learn about injuries is far more valuable and it's a total guess from two weeks ago to now and understanding especially like we don't know about each of the quarterbacks are hurt and key questions at the Chiefs receiver position that I want to wait almost till as late as possible. And this game's not going to be moving past the field goal here that I want to have all available information before I place any real bet. Yeah, and that's why some of those things that I've seen over Twitter is a lot of people trying to use data, all right, to justify why the Chiefs should be favorites or why Mahomes is the best quarterback ever. And he's always up and to the right in every single chart. And I think that totally misses the key factor, especially in this pregame line movement, 
it's not about evaluating these teams from like an underlying traditional merit perspective. This has everything to do with the injuries, everything to do with the injuries, trying to evaluate the status of Mahomes of the wide receiver set, which is extremely banged up. And we know Mahomes is so good that he can usually overcome really whoever is out there. But this is also the Super Bowl. First of all, they obviously did not play well versus the Bucs. But remember that they did not open and start very well versus the Niners either. Very easily, in fact, could have lost that game. One of the charts I want to bring up here too, I think anecdotally knows this, but just how the Chiefs always are flirting with disaster and playing from behind, playing from a deficit, and everyone rolls their eyes and just dismisses it because, oh, the Chiefs are just so good, Mahomes is just so good that they'll be able to overcome that. And Judy, you and I know from live betting these games throughout the course of the whole season, it's so easy to say that after the fact, but in the game, there's very few people saying that same narrative when the Chiefs are down by 10 points in the second quarter and the other team's driving. It's not until after that's already materialized that then it becomes so obvious that of course the Chiefs are going to come back. They always come back. But in the moment, it's maybe not this time. And we don't really know the stats of Mahomes. The Mahomes injury was a factor leading into the Bucks Super Bowl as well. I know, Zach, that was one of the things you're leaning into. The injury is different. And also the offensive line was like a huge factor last in the Super Bowl versus the Bucks yeah. as well. But That's not the yeah. same here. I don't think the, the relevant point of comparison is the Super Bowls. I think it's the championship game, right? That's going to be the closest approximation to what we're going to have this week. And if anything, Mahomes has two weeks to, to get more healthy. And it did not really make a difference in the conference championship. He still threw for 330 yards. I was moving the ball at will. I don't see what's new to the injury that like it's oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna play well all of a sudden. Like we have a, at least a, a somewhat okay sample of what Mahomes will look like injured. It's not yeah. totally guesswork. I would say though, Judah, I agree with you to a point. And they're gonna have the receivers back. Juju should be back, but once he got hobbled, there was a period of time in that fourth quarter where I was genuinely concerned if the Chiefs could score again. I was seeing a team that, due to the injuries, their offense became almost inept because they were so predictable. It was either Kelsey or a fifth-string receiver or a running back out of the backfield. If we get into that type of situation again against the Eagles, I mean, I think that's where the Sharps might have been coming from. That, that was my gut feeling is shit. Like they really don't have a healthy set of receivers or a Holmes is hobbled at all. Like, man, that offense looked really putrid down the stretch. I don't know. It could get ugly fast for that offense, especially against the Eagles team. That's yeah. pretty aggressive. I don't disagree with that. I think you need one of Watson, Smith, Schuster, or Tony to be healthy. You just can't have Sky Moore and Marcus can't be the outside receivers. Exactly. I totally agree. And I think that's a great live angle. If we see if those guys are at all hurt or completely inefficient, I think that's a great angle. That's, that's the actually, other point yeah, here too, is yeah. it's not just the Mahomes injury. You'd think that he's getting healthier over the last two weeks, for sure. I mean, you could say, yeah, we saw him, how he played in the championship game. And that's what we can generally expect as a minimum in this coming game. But I think Zach, you mentioned also, did he re-aggravate something throughout that? And the adrenaline was pushing him through the rest of the game. You couldn't really see how it maybe could have potentially affected him elsewhere. But then of course the wide receivers. To your point, Judah, is let's wait until this game starts to really get more information to start actually laying down some meaningful money. But there was plenty of people willing to do that as soon as there was an availability to do it. 
and it seemed to be a waterfall of money on one side. And so it also seems to be discounting Hertz's injury with his shoulder. That's something the market's not nearly taking into consideration as much. Kind of looking past it like they looked past the Mahomes injury and the offensive line injuries versus the Bucks. It's a great point that I was saying off air that I actually think the Hurts injury is going to influence this game more than the Mahomes one. But it's almost been built in, right? There's nothing new over the past four or five weeks with Hurts, but they're not going to be able to win if they're completely reliant upon the run game, which is they weren't good against the Niners. I think that's a misconception. Like they averaged like three and a half yards a carry. They just got beneficial fields and the defense played well. That game script is not going to work against the Chiefs. You're not going to beat Mahomes without a passing attack from the Eagles. And I'd be generally, genuinely concerned about Hertz's ability to throw, especially downfield. Right? He was miss he's missing throws. It's a small sample, uh, but all of his deep passing efficiency is way down since the injury. And we even saw it. He missed a wide open AJ Brown for a 75 yard touchdown. Those are the kinds of plays you need to hit to, to beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl. Something that I think to your guys' point was probably glossed over by most everybody is the shellacking of the 49ers is somewhat deceptive while Mahomes had the opposite, but similar fashion as 49ers. Everybody went down, they somehow pulled it out. So those two dichotomies working in tandem heavily influenced the the overreaction. And that's where I agree. If Hertz was fully good to go, I would still be more confident in my Eagles positions. You bet the Eagles. Yeah, I bet some Eagles. But like you guys said, I, I'm really interested to game plan for a live play because I think we could see a very strong move one way or the other. Like it could be close, of course, blah, blah, blah. But I would not be shocked if like KC gets Jalen uncomfortable, few turnovers and KC's up 20 and the opposite way too. Either way could happen. It wouldn't be shocking to me just because I think the game script could be wonky here. I think the Chiefs are fine in any game script. Right, they're up, they're down. We're gonna get the same Chiefs. They'll probably get a little too conservative if they're up. But the Eagles are entirely reliant on playing from ahead. And we haven't actually seen their game script against teams that are beating them. And I think this has been talking this week about the Eagles haven't played a good opponent. I don't really care about that. We'll be able to tell early on whether the Eagles have come to play. But what is true about the schedule is we don't have a good sample of the Eagles playing from behind. They've only they've run like 140 plays from behind and they're a completely league average offense. That's not true of the Chiefs. When no, the well, Chiefs we are behind- screen exactly how many plays that they've exactly. played from behind. Exactly. And it's almost nothing, except for that Washington game, which they lost. But that's, I think, the key part and essential for live betting, which is that like, it's a total wild card if the Eagles go down and Brett, as we've talked about all year betting the Chiefs live, it's a matter of timing and that's going to be kind of difficult, but they always find a way to come back or at least make the game close. So basically what this shows is everything, all the fuzzy green dots are plays that they played with the lead. All the pink cloudy dots are the plays that they played from behind. And we can see they went down early versus the Lions and that was a quick comeback also went down quickly to the Jags, and then that implosion happened rapidly. And for the most of that game, the Eagles were certainly in control. The really, the one comeback the Eagles mustered, and it took all the way down to the last 30 seconds of the game, was versus the Colts. And versus the Colts of all teams, of all teams, a team, of course, that we know that the Chiefs also lost to straight up. A team that they just played around their food all game long, and so there's really not a great precedent for 
the Eagles to go down in a deficit and play from behind, uh, certainly against a team like the Chiefs. And, and then the I Chiefs, think- of course, have the exact opposite problem. In yes. fact, they're very used to playing from behind. Almost every single game they're losing at some point in time. Sometimes they're losing by double digits, more than a touchdown. Losing by more than a touchdown to the Chargers, to the Colts, to the Raiders. They're almost down by 20 to the Raiders. Down more than a touchdown to the Niners, to the Titans, to the Bengals. We're flirting with disaster versus the Titans. They were down versus the Broncos. Half those teams aren't even good. And if you look at their playoff record the last four years, they don't really blow the doors off anyone. And if typically the Bengals obviously had a lot of close games in the Rams last year, but I feel like a lot of Super Bowl winners from the past, probably, I haven't looked this up statistically, but I would argue probably more than half Super Bowl winners tend to dominate in the playoffs. So that they're really just like head and shoulders above the teams they play, whether it's because of situation, matchups, or momentum. Like even when Seattle won the Super Bowl, like once they got in the playoffs, they really got cooking and just took care of business. It just feels like if Hertz's arm is good enough, the Eagles have, I don't know, like that momentum of confidence that if they get up a little bit, I just don't know if I see the Chiefs coming back. Like, especially with the potential injuries and then Mahomes having to push his leg. And that's where, to Judah's point, the Chiefs get up, all bets are off. It's like, it's Chiefs are off, in my opinion. Whereas if Eagles get up, it's like, I I don't know if I really see the Chiefs coming back. I'd add another layer to it and say, I think it actually depends how the Eagles go up, which is if the Eagles are moving the ball well offensively and they build a lead through a couple scoring drives, I actually trust the coaching staff to remain aggressive and continue on the same path. If they get there by way of turnovers, a similar start to the Niners, to the game against the Niners, I'd be fine backing the Chiefs. It's not just like an automatic situational thing, whereas the reverse is not true. I don't care how the Chiefs get their lead. If they come out to a big lead and the Eagles are forced to pass, I don't want to back the Eagles. No, it's a good point. And that's where I could see this game doing the inverse and we get a Chiefs, maybe not a blowout in a big way, but Chiefs end up pulling away. Eagles can't muster comeback. They win by 14, 17 points or something just because Hurts can't throw well and turnovers and spirals out of control. What do you think about just the overall cadence of scoring likely in this game? So we see the totals 51. I know Right Angle Sports came out and they hit the over at the 50 and a half, pushed it to 51. From everything that we're talking about, and again, with injuries such a huge variable in this game, injuries are affecting both teams. I don't, I would not err on the side of leaning into the over in this situation. I bet the under and already. So, uh, so. total opened at 48 and a half on FanDuel. So a lot of pressure to the upside. Do you guys agree with that? I don't know. To your point, there's too many variables to the downside of offenses in this game that it could just resort. And what we saw with Cincinnati KC, where the offenses were just like, we can't do anything downfield. Like we're just going to dink and dunk and play field position. And then your game script's out the window and it's not going to go over. So I err on the side of under, but if the quarterbacks feel healthy, it could definitely go over. Yeah, like obviously with these two offenses, the over is in play as it is any game, but I also think the under is in play, especially if you want to talk about like pass rush. And I think this is the one area where Mahomes might be more affected. It's just like getting rid of the ball quicker, which means fewer throws downfield, more plays, more marching down the field. And also like sacks are drive killers. 
and both of these are really good units, top 10 in pressure rates. A couple more sacks than we'd give credit for a game in week seven, just because of the mobility issues for Mahomes and the fact that hurts the Achilles heel is still taking too many sacks. Well, that's exactly a recipe for how this game goes under, which is a couple drives that take four or five minutes, but end in punks because of the sack. Also, they did not play very well versus the Bengals, and the Bengals were dealing with catastrophic offensive line injuries, and they were able to mask it in the divisional round, and it was completely exposed versus the Chiefs, and the pressure on Burrow really compromised their game plan. And there's a lot of criticism about how, rightfully so, about how the Eagles essentially sleepwalked through their playoffs into the Super Bowl. But I don't know if we can really necessarily say that the Chiefs aren't limping into the Super Bowl as well without necessarily putting together really any meaningfully great performances. They didn't look great versus the Jags. They certainly looked, I would say they looked worse versus the Jags the second time around than they did the first time around. So you're looking at two teams that there's certainly neither one is at their A game. That's for sure. And so then again, from a totals perspective, you're basically looking I feel like this game's being priced like they're basically firing on all cylinders. The last shootout we saw was what Philly versus the Patriots, right? And far as a Super Bowl shootout where the offenses took over the game. And that, that's what I see from both these offenses is neither are explosive. And to Judah's main point with her shoulder, they're not going to be explosive. The only way this goes over is if there's turnovers that just push it over. So you're, it's not going to be probably because of the offenses being at their peak level, like you guys are saying. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. What I would say, too, is with respect to potential game scenarios is, and I know you guys were alluding to a little bit this earlier, is I don't see a scenario that's probable where the Chiefs blow out the Eagles because the Eagle, the Chiefs are dealing with injuries across the board. There is really no question. Mahomes is not 100%. The wide receiver group is not 100%. In fact, again, they're basically being taped together. We don't even know if Tony Tessler going to play. And if he does, to your point, I was talking about earlier, Judah, maybe he's going to be in for how many plays? 10, 15 plays? Juju Smith-Schuster's banged up. So maybe, yeah, he's on there. But I mean, are these guys running at full speed? They're going to be looped into as many plays as they otherwise would be playing healthy. That's for sure not going to be the case. And really the main question for the Eagles is just hurts his shoulder. So maybe that is meaningful. But if there is a scenario where it's not, and in fact, he's actually much healthier. And that's what all these big money betters knew going into the Super Bowl and therefore slammed it as soon as they got plus two. Me. I could see, surely see a scenario where the Eagles run away with this from the Chiefs. As soon as the Lions came out, there was notable betters out there that, that many of us follow on Twitter who were saying Chiefs minus three. That's the line. That's the fair line. Obviously, that was dead wrong. But I saw that numerous times from notable sports bettors. But obviously, the actual private money coming in was saying the exact opposite. So there certainly is a conflict, but most of my money's being reserved for waiting to play in-game. And the key trigger points are going to be, are the Eagles running the ball more so than they otherwise would? So it's a hint that they're going to try and cover up that shoulder injury. Or, again, they're averting throwing the ball deep at all, which is, again, another way of doing the same thing. And what I think actually was a notable move in the betting markets, which is almost a little bit contradictory, 
is, of course, again, you see a lot of pressure on the Eagles line, but you've also seen pressure on Jalen Hurts' passing yards prop. So that opened in the 246, 247 range, and now it's dropped down to 242, 241. So leaning into this thesis of saying that maybe he is more banged up and the passing game isn't going to be that strong. Yeah, I'm certainly skeptical pregame of the injury, but I also think the Eagles are one of the more adaptable teams in the league, and they're going to try everything early and see what works. And like, I'm willing to leave open the possibility that Hurts can throw the ball deep and that they will connect if they jump down in a couple big plays. And that's going to open up the entirety of the playbook, obviously. Which is to say that like, you can have expectations of it being one way, and that's where your prior is, but like, that can all change very, very quickly. And this is not a spot where I'm willing to like really hold on and be like, no, I'm going to hold my thesis, I'm going to hold my thesis. It makes me think then the first half or first quarter under is probably a pretty solid play because you guys made some good points already. And we see this almost every Super Bowl, I feel, is a very slow first quarter. And there's not going to be a lot of explosive attempts, probably, unless the teams are getting really creative and off off kilter. My one hesitation there is that, like, the Eagles have definitely been the best team in the league on sure. script. And even last against the, the Niners, like, they were terrible outside of that opening drive, which did require not this man, yeah. no catch to work. But I think that's the perfect spot to lean into if you really like the under. Kind of if the Eagles score on the first drive and this total gets up to 54, 53 and a half, whatever it is, that's when you take the under. Also, how do you guys think, because this is important to really understand, is the heartbeat of the live line and kind of who is it going to favor? Who is it going to be quick to jump on or not? So you'd think by looking at the pregame line, it's going to want to hug Eagles for longer than it otherwise would. And I would say that's not gonna be the case. I would say there is like deep underlying respect for the Chiefs. And that if the Chiefs went up seven zip, I think this goes out to Chiefs minus three and a half and quickly abandon the Eagles. I don't think that's right. I think this, I think it's gonna go both sides. This line is just gonna hug close game, no matter what. We've seen time and time again, where the Chiefs go down and you need to get the Chiefs in a position where it's like, where you have to be scared to bet them because the line just hugs Chiefs so much. If Eagles are up 14 zip, I bet you the Chiefs are still five and a half, six and a half. Six and a half. And real quick. But if Chiefs are up 14 zip, the Eagles are nine and a half. Still think it's six and a half. I think it's the same yeah, both sides. Probably, yeah, early, especially if it's early in the game. They're not going to ban the Chiefs too early because they know what the Chiefs do. <laughs> no, they won't abandon the Chiefs, but I think they will be quicker mm. to abandon the Eagles. But so I think the key points here as we close is like, so what we talked so much about the injuries. So what are the trigger points that you guys are looking for in the game to give you like, what's the information you need to see to give you that conviction? So like I outlined is if I see the Eagles trying to cover up like Hurts and his passing game and leaning into the run more so than you would otherwise expect, certainly given the game script and just how these drives are going, I think that will tip the hat to at least check that box. Like Hurts' injury is going to be a factor in this game. So it doesn't just mean bet the Chiefs because now you need to see the other side and check those boxes. But so that's one box I'm going to be looking for to check on the Eagles side. And then on the Chiefs side, just really, I would love 
to see Mahomes get hit early and see how he bounces back from that. I'm not talking about getting viciously murdered, but taking a good lick, maybe something a little bit that affects the ankles and see how he gets up. Does he walk it off or is he doing that whole limp thing and he pauses and stops and holds his ankle? That's like warning, like red flag. (laughs) And then of course I wanna see how, what's the rotation of the Chiefs wide receivers? I think that's also very yeah. important. Yeah, that's what I was going to lead with. Which is, is Marcus Kemp getting snaps? I don't know if he'll be active or whatever it is. But who's actually playing? And like the Chiefs will rotate a lot of wide receivers, but not if their guys are healthy. Then they won't do that. And on the Eagles side, I really just, it's all like game plan specific and how they plan to attack. But just like they're, they're going to adapt to one game plan over another based on what's working and what's not. And if they miss a couple of deep throws early, I think they'll at least give it a shot. It's going to be a very different game that they're hitting up. And I'm basically just leaning until the Eagles are going to do what's there for them in this particular game. For me, the chink in the armor I'm looking for, I'm going to be looking for the Chiefs' health. If that's seemingly okay, the chink in the armor I'm looking for the Eagles is everyone probably knows that Hurts struggles already in like zone blitz packages. So the Chiefs have had two weeks to prepare for this with the anticipation that Let's see if his shoulder really is good or not. And so I imagine a scenario where the Chiefs are probably going to be aggressive and make Hurts have to try to throw it down the field, stop the run up front, get pressure on him. And so how do they handle that? Do they let Hurts rip it downfield or do they just keep it close to the vest like you guys are saying? Because as we know, the Eagles are great in the red zone. If I'm the Chiefs, don't let them get in the red zone create plays, get pressure, make him make mistakes early and we get third and long type positions, make it difficult on him. So yeah, another indication that I was thinking about too, again, that gave me this inkling that the live betting markets are going to be less forgiving of the Eagles than the Chiefs was when the Niners, Josh Johnson comes in and it was a Christian McCaffrey led drive, but they go down, they tie that game 7-7 It's the Eagles minus three and a half with John Johnson at quarterback. And that just speaks volumes to me at home, at home. But I just see that again, how quick the live betting markets will not respect the Eagles. And that just almost never happens for the Chiefs. The Chiefs always get respect. I think even in that Super Bowl versus the Bucks, the line never wanted oh, to Oh, it was them. hugging them the it whole was, time. Like They looked like they were the worst offense you've ever seen in the lines. Minus six or plus six. It's They're coming back. And that's also the point, Zach, too, is like the Chiefs, I, again, you watch the Chiefs and when they like don't look good, they look bad. Yeah. They, they look bad. You're like, wow, I, I don't know if they could get a first down. That's how that fourth quarter felt versus the Bengals. Obviously, like we said, there's context as to why. But, I mean, that that offense, if that rolls out at any point in this game versus the Eagles, I don't think they're going to have any chance. There was that big turnover, too, by Mahomes versus the Bengals. Like, that's, like, not the play I would say that he is, like, typically prone to do in that type of situation. Just let the ball go. And it's because of the injury. It's a fluke. Oh, it's a fluke. It's not a fluke. It just happened to happen. 
with a healthy ankle or not healthy ankle. You were your gun in the past. Like, no way I'm going to let you get away with that. No way. That, I think that. The ankle impact was after the ball slipped out of his hands. I don't think so. It's a blue thing. It's one play. If it happens repeatedly, fine. It's a case yeah, you made. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a fluke event. No, but you're trying to assess the probability of something happened and the probability of anything like that. Just like yeah. other things going haywire to where it could be because you can't focus on what you're doing because there's a pain element or a weakness element that you don't have the same structure that's helping you do well, and accomplish whatever your objective is, that there's a weakness at a breakdown and that can have like downstream negative and detrimental effects. Into well, these like, types of plays. I lean probably more towards fluke, but to Brett's point, when like the challenger exploded, things like that happen because there is like a screw loose, right? There's things that are like so small, but so pivotal to the hole. So there could be a degree of that to Brett's point, I feel like. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't know how big, theory. maybe like a percent, but. <laughs> I don't disagree with the with it in theory. I just think it would have manifested in other ways and Mahomes would have would have played worse than a well, did have a thrower two that when he was driving, he couldn't drive into it. And so it face planted the yeah, ball. There was the like... yeah. That was after the aggra the re-aggravation. Yeah. The other thing that, that I can't believe it's taken this long to mention with all of these injuries is it's a perfect setup for the same game parlays. This massive uncertainty. Oh, yeah. Well, so I, oh, that's something I'm asking. Like, what are some of the tail outcomes that okay. you're going to lean into? I actually I thought it would be pretty difficult when I first started thinking about this game. I'm like, I really don't have much. And now I actually think I, I've got a bunch of angles. I, the first is, what if Hurts is fine? And what if he does connect on these deep balls? His passing drops are really low. Right, because the mean projection is, oh, Hurts is not great. But I don't really care about the mean projection when I'm betting on tails here. And I'd love to bet on the talents of AJ Brown and Devonta Smith yep. at low odds. And like the fact that the Eagles have this weird correlation thing where like sports books are going to be pricing in that Brown and Smith won't hit together because like generally when one receiver hits, it comes at the cost of another. But these two guys hit together always because it's indicative of the fact that the Eagles attack through the pass. So I love that angle. That's the first. The second is I'm willing to bet on MBS being the lone healthy Chiefs receiver, and he's going to be the guy that's going to get all the run. And like we saw that Mahomes is fine to lean on him, and MBS might not be the best receiver. He's still capable. And that's interesting to your point, Judah, to add to that. If let's play out this assumption, if Hertz is going to go over his receivers or receiver is going to go over or Goddard, then that means to me it's a high scoring game. So you might as well throw in the over. You might as well toss in probably Patrick Mahomes over yards. If Hertz is going to go over with his receivers, like then it's because it's a competitive high-scoring affair. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh -huh. No, I don't disagree with that at all. I actually think the play that's really going to drive pricing up is actually taking the jail and it's rushing over in addition. Because I think the game script where Hertz goes off in the passing attack is one where they basically eliminate the run game. They've done this, they did this against the Bears, a couple other opponents this year, where they basically say, we're not going to run the ball. We're just going to drop back a bunch, which just means plenty of opportunities to scramble. Also, the Chiefs have a top five scramble rate allowed. They'll play a bunch of man and they blitz a bunch, which I think would open up. In this build of the Hurts passing overs, along with those receivers, take the rush over also. Do we think there's any coaching edge, game plan edge, like projected game script edge? The Eagles are automatic on fourth and one. 
Yeah. That's a huge edge. They're going to go for it and they're going to convert too. Yeah. yeah. Have the offensive line and obviously Hurts. That's a good point though that they have Hurts because it's his shoulder. It's yeah. obviously bothering him. Are the would the the Chiefs be as prone to go for it on fourth and two, fourth and one? with an immobile quarterback they're already pretty hesitant to start they don't go for it on fourth down that often but i think the key point here is everyone likes to talk about going for it on fourth down which is like relevant but really the most relevant is how good are you going to be on those fourth downs? it's not just that i have confidence in the eagles to go for it it's that confidence for them to convert mm-hmm. and even with a one and a half point total that's a massive edge so what about those props too because those are ones zach that we've leaned into in the past as well how many fourth down conversions Will it be? Did you see that? That'll be everywhere. The one I was thinking about was a fourth down conversion over two and a half on both sides. That's it. That would have to be super juicy. Because it's usually like it's at one. I'm not saying number of fourth down conversions, like highest number yards on a fourth down conversion. Oh, I see. Will they convert? That's interesting. Which I thought was interesting. That's a good prop. And what were the odds? Over two and a half is minus 105. Under was minus 125. Ooh, see, it, I it, like that one. It, these hurt scrambles oftentimes get three yards when they push them all forward. You get yeah. a bunch of yards. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm, I'm going to yeah. look for that one. Anything else you're thinking about, Zach, props-wise or betting I mean, I bet a bunch of props already. I'm going to have to add some to my list now. Did some Eagles win by seven or ten. Again, a lot of this is based on the scenario if the Eagles are going to get ahead. But like Kenneth Gainwell... I found one like 11 or more carries for plus 400. I thought was interesting. He kind of splits carries, it seems like recently with uh, Miles Sanders a bit. I got an interesting one that I mean, this is really high, but I like these kind of parlays. Kelsey, 10 receptions, Goddard, eight receptions for plus 2,400. That obviously assumes that teams are throwing the ball a lot and finding their tight ends in open space. I think you also almost have to add, especially on the Chiefs side, like they're going to use Kelsey as kind of an extension of the run game for the short passing. But like the game script where that happens, mm-hmm. like each team uses the middle of the field with quick seven yard like ins because their run games are not working. And each team ends up throwing the ball 30, 40 times. But that's have, an interesting one. I have a parlay. It's a hedge against my Eagles exposure is Mahomes over 300 passing yards and over 23 and a half points as plus 180. I feel like those are pretty correlated. If the Chiefs are gonna get to that 24, 27 mark, is Mahomes not gonna throw for 300 yards? Is there a scenario in which the Chiefs win and Mahomes doesn't go for his passing prop? Or like close to it? Yeah, honestly, to me there is, and it's the, it's like an eagle. It would have to be a super ugly game. Yeah. But you can get plus 360. So why in the world did you ever bet Chiefs minus one and a half or Chiefs money line? And you can take like Mahomes 275 under his passing prop and the Chiefs to win at plus 360. My biggest takeaway here is, and why one of the reasons why I think if you're looking into tail scenarios, it's leaning into the Eagles props and scenarios. Because I feel like we know who the Chiefs are. We know how good the Chiefs are. We know what the Chiefs are capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing. And we for sure know they're going to have their A game. They're just not going to have their A game. Whereas the Eagles, I feel like we don't know how good the Eagles are. Maybe the Eagles are awesome. I have a good comp. There is that scenario. I feel like you can't take that off the table or it's, oh yeah, the Eagles ran through an easy schedule and crushed the Giants three times and beat a ghost of a Niners team. And those weren't that good. And and, and even a gimpy Mahomes with no wide receivers is able to beat them by a touchdown. 
where I think my confidence comes from with the Eagles is I think everyone in the NFL has been banged up this year, except the Eagles, with the exception of Hertz's shoulder. Like, as far as, like, playoffs, like, all the teams were fucked up. Eagles remind me of the Ravens when they were blowing everyone's doors off, got into the playoffs and stubbed their toe versus the Titans, a team that they matched up poorly against. Lamar, obviously, at that time especially, not a great passer. Run heavy. Ravens re- required getting up early to, to win games. To me, like, this Eagles team, not the same type of team exactly, but I feel like that's like the best comp coming into this game. And I just personally don't see the Chiefs as like a Titans type team to counter what the Eagles want to do. So it's really just do the Eagles play their type of game and get ahead like the Ravens team of 2018 or 19? Then they're off to the races. Like when the that, that year when the Ravens played the Patriots, the Rams, these teams like, I mean, it was like as soon as they got up and got momentum, they would run it every down, know they're going to run it, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And now, Eagles don't have that type of running game, but just from like a momentum-type team, that's to me what the Eagles are. And so that's why getting a lead and playing their game is so important for the Eagles, because if they do, I mean, it could get ugly. So Yeah, I like that. Also, too, the something that we all have talked about a lot is like how important it is to have an alpha wide receiver much less like just studs at wide receiver. That's what the Eagles have. And the Chiefs don't have that. Now, again, a lot of all these types of observations are like almost always mitigated by the asterisk of, does the other side have Patrick Mahomes? Because then it like mitigates like anything else that's going on. (laughs) And basically everything else becomes neutralized because it's Patrick Mahomes. But we've seen instances where in fact that's not enough especially when he's not out. One other thing I wanted to point out real quick is if you really look at it, have the Eagles been truly respected on a macro level all season? Yeah, we were slow. We were slow. We were slow. Then we were bullish on them when everyone else seemed to jump off ship after those bad weeks against Washington Mm -hmm. and Indianapolis. But even into the Super Bowl, remember, the line opened in a neutral field. Eagles have been basically the best team all season. As far as like really blowing the doors off teams, winning games they should, being competitive, dominant, like Eagles have played like the best team all season, but they haven't been treated like the best team all season until that line came out for the Super Bowl because of all the Chiefs injuries. That's true. So, So to me, that was a, we don't love the Eagles. It's like we're fading the Chiefs with a team that has all this momentum. But like the market is still not even believing like to what Brett said, the market will immediately get off the Eagles if they go down seven. Like everyone like assumes they're not the best team in the NFL. If you go back, Brett, to the first picture we had here about the Super Bowl odds, yeah. from like week three on, it's pretty clear the Eagles were the team to beat. Like a lot of that has to do with, oh, you looked at their schedule and that it clearly, but look, they have this trend line from September 20th, September 27th, whatever it is, week three is pretty clear. And um, from a books, but the point is well taken though. Yeah, yeah, like, from the books, you're probably right. I'm just saying from like the market sentiment because I felt it too, like just denial. Like the same, and I felt the same way about the Ravens because they had a great game plan A, but they had we knew they didn't have a game plan B if they ran into a team that knew how to stop A or got a lead against. But I don't know. I don't. The Eagles haven't. They haven't had to play anyone that could step up and put them in their place and be physical. And I don't know if the Chiefs are that team, but we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Are we going to live bet this game? Or are we going to do the game trade? That's good, man.
You want to come to New York, Zach? No. Florida's warm. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful in Florida right now. It's really, really nice. Oh, yeah, time. Jesus in Florida too right now. Okay, so that's that wraps it up. That's the NFL season for 2022. I guess we'll come back, potentially do game trade, do our last one of those as well. Maybe you can dial in Zach. Then enter game and tell us your favorite. Actually, okay. Let's pop on my computer and say, hey, all in. Alrighty, thanks everyone for listening. We're about to put our heads down too and just really start to hammer out some stuff for next season. It's gonna be totally different, a world different. So looking forward to that. Thanks, Darnell. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Scoreline Analytics for jumping in. Thanks, everyone, for listening all season long. We'll see you Sunday and then next season. And that's Closing Bell.